Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. A few weeks back, we started this message series. We've called this Faithful, and uh, this is where we're going we're gonna to camp out here for uh, several more weeks. As we, we just began talking about, you know, faithful to the faithful God, and then all the ways that we uh, continue to walk uh, with the Lord in faithfulness as followers of Jesus, what it means to live a faithful life in Him. And so today we want to talk about being faithful in serving, faithful in service to Him. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 6. If you've got a Bible with you, I invite you to start finding that. If you're not in the habit of bringing your Bible to church, um, I encourage you to, to pick up that habit. And if you need help finding a Bible, I can help you with that. Of course, uh, online Bible is the probably the easiest thing to access. If you don't have one already, um, you can download something and, and do it that way. But you know me, I'm a, I'm a fan of old school print Bibles. Um, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 6, starting at verse 1. If you're watching any football these days, and of course many of you are as we prepare for the big game and Jersey Sunday coming up, all that stuff, or maybe any other sport, or maybe you've heard these ads on the radio, I've heard them on Pandora, um, there's this ad campaign from Coors Light called Made to Chill. I mean, anybody want to admit having seen that? Uh, you know, hopefully I'm the only one. Um, I get the play on words, Made to Chill, and you're just like, it's... You know, a chilled Coors Light while you're just chilling out. That's the whole point of the ad series. But it's honestly a terrible ad series. Like, terrible. And what I mean by that is like, you've got all these able-bodied guys just sitting around on their couch, totally lazy, living totally self-indulgent lives. They're selfish. They're grown men sitting and aimlessly watching TV. What's on? I don't know. Does it matter? It's got my Coors Light. That's all that matters. You know, it's just, it's so dumb. Honestly, it's just ridiculous. And it's the opposite of what a man ought to be, right? It's the opposite of what the kind of people we want to be. There's no purpose in these guys. There's no drive. There's no, you know, no care or concern for others. It's completely selfish. They're not rising up and kind of taking hold of life, just chilling with the beer and wasting their days. I don't know what's on. I'm just watching it. You know, it's dumb. It's just dumb. I, I gotta say, right? And obviously I'm not opposed to relaxing or watching sports on TV. We've talked lots enough about that to know that I'm, we're totally okay with that. And I think it's, you need to unplug once in a while and do that. But the life portrayed by Coors Light in the made to chill ads is not the life God calls you to. It just isn't. And I'm speaking maybe even a little more to the men than to the women even this morning on this. Guys, uh, you're to rise up and lead and protect your loved ones and take care. If you're married, you're taking care of your wife. And if you're not married yet, you're, you're preparing yourself to take care of that, uh, you know, that wife that the Lord's going to bring to you in the future. And guys, you're going to do hard things and you're going to fulfill your God-given purpose and, and, and rise up to the challenge, right? In the long run, it's going to matter and you're not going to regret it. Don't just sit around and like, I don't know. Right? It's just so dumb. 
and not just the men, of course, I'm speaking to all of us, the Christian is called to live a life that serves others. And this whole business of, well, you just have to love yourself, that's total narcissism. And that, that's a false doctrine. We love God and we love people and we love, we show our love for God and for people in our service toward them. So that's what we're talking about this morning. Galatians chapter six, beginning at verse one. And if you're able to, I invite you to stand for the reading of God's word this morning. We read all 10 verses, Galatians chapter six, and I read from the New International Version. Begins like this. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. Verse 7, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We thank the Lord for his word. Let's be seated together this morning. Such a great passage. There is uh, some contradiction potentially in this passage, some paradox, right? We're, you know, know, we see that we're supposed to reach out and, and restore others who are falling, but we're not supposed to reach so far that we lose our balance and fall ourselves. We're, we're to carry each other's burdens, and yet he says each one should carry their own load. We shouldn't inflate our own self-worth, and yet we should take pride in our own work. I mean, these are, feels like contrasting statements. Uh, we're not to overthink our capabilities, and yet at the same time not compare ourselves to others, but be realistic about what you yourself can do. So it may be a little bit confusing, but what it, what's happening here is it's pointing to this fundamental truth that as a believer in Jesus, you are no longer your own boss. You don't work for yourself. You work for him. So you don't live exclusively for yourself, for your own pleasure. You live to be a blessing and a benefit to others as the Lord has gifted you and as the Lord enables you. And so... I'll just say right now, I feel this morning that I've been kind of preaching to the choir in the sense that, you know, as a church, um, over and over again, I just see this, you know, Bethany's a church that um, is generous and shows care and serves others and serves the community well. And I'm so grateful uh, for that. But sometimes we get weary in our serving. Sometimes we kind of get tired and worn out. We wonder if it's really worth it. And does anybody notice? And does anybody care? And should I, you know, should I bother continuing in this? And it does matter. And we're going to draw from this passage a few reasons why serving still makes sense. Why it's still good to give yourselves to the, to the benefit of others. And so the first thing that I want to say is this. And if you're taking notes, you could write this down. Serving helps you understand others. Serving helps you understand people, right? 
we all get how tough the last two years has been, as I said in the, the 9 a.m. service, you know, the, like has been said, you know, the hardest part of the 15 days to flatten the curve is the first two years. Like, right after that, it's supposed to get easier. I, I don't, you know, I don't know, like, but we get it. Like, it's been hard and we've had to process lots of things. But where you got really exasperated was when, you know, authority said, lock down, stay in your home, don't go to work, wear your mask, do all these things. But then you see them on TV having, you know, allowing big, huge protests and going to fancy restaurants and mansions and doing the exact opposite of what they told you to do. And you just feel like, hey, hang on. Like, I don't feel heard right now. I don't feel respected. And like all those crazy things, you know, like they don't understand me. And the public servants suddenly were not really serving. They were being served and leaving you feeling ignored. Now listen, I, I get it. This happens, whatever. But serving actually helps you understand others. The context, the, the kind of the setting for this book, Galatians, is a doctrinal problem that has developed in the church. The problem is this. They'd received the gospel of God's grace, right? Salvation by grace alone, by by. God's, by faith in God's grace alone to save us. And then these outside teachers had come in and started teaching them, well, no, you actually need to keep all the Jewish regulations as well, all the Hebrew laws. That, that's going to be what really completes your salvation. And keep in mind, this is a group of people that are largely kind of in the north of what would say would be Turkey. And they're receiving the, this message. And so there was this ungodly mix of grace and law. And they were literally, and Paul even uses the term, they were falling from grace and falling into law. And and that's the kind of what Paul's battling against here. And yet, so we want to be a church of grace. And yet, if we're going to be a church of grace that teaches it and practices it, we're going to see people have honest and real issues and struggles in their life, right? And when that happens, when we see those things developing, you need tender-hearted people who will understand and will care. And the heart of care is developed in serving others. That's where it grows. So Paul says this, you know, summarizing, right? He says, restore gently, carry each other's burdens, share with your teachers, reap what you sow. Don't give up on doing what is good. What's happening? Paul is inviting us to serve rather than to be served. Because in doing so, we actually encounter people's genuine needs, real needs, real issues, real challenges, real difficulties. Serving can really help you understand and have compassion for others. Uh, For example, verse 1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person Gently, right? To restore someone gently is to help them, to serve them, to to find a way to to come alongside them, to overlook some of the initial, you know, offensive behaviors and get to the place where you say, hey, come back to the right way of walking with Jesus. It's not accommodating their behavior or condoning it in any way, but it's approaching them with the heart to serve and rescue. And yet, as I said before, not leaning in so far that we ourselves fall into the same false beliefs. And the Christian life is one of selfless service, not self-love, not self-promotion. 
And so you think, well, man, this just sounds like you're always doing stuff for everybody else. Like, when's the me time, right? Uh, you know, like, it, maybe it sounds like all pain and no gain, but but it, it, it's what we're called to. And it's... So in, in that way, we, we understand others by serving, but but there's another benefit in that serving puts life in perspective. Serving puts life in perspective. Listen to verses 2, 3, 4, and 5 again. Carry each other's burdens. And in this say, you will fulfill the law of Christ. What was the law of Christ? Love one another. I mean, um, to do unto others as they would do, as you would have them do to you, right? If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Serving puts life in perspective. Um, you know, we need help with, with life. Oh, it's almost, almost 10 years ago. It was the summer of 2012 when, um, former President Barack Obama really rocked and deeply offended every hardworking entrepreneur when he said, you didn't build that. Remember that speech? I think his point was, what he was trying to communicate was, hey, for, for, for every successful person, there's a bunch of other help they received along the way. There was, some some basic infrastructure or some means by which they got to that point. He really didn't say it the right way. It was, it was honestly it was offensive to a lot of people when he said you didn't build that. But it's true that we need the help of other people. We really do. You can't do everything yourself. And if you're going to thrive, you need others. And Paul's rather blunt in verse three uh, when he says that if anyone thinks there's something when they're not. They deceive themselves. Um, you know, you think about if you've ever watched like American Idol auditions, like the early audition ones where they show the bloopers and stuff, you think, how did that person get to the place where they thought they could sing? Who lied to them for so many years? You're wonderful. You should go on American Idol. And you think, you do not know how to sing. <laughs> you should not be there. It makes for great TV. I get that. Um, right? Someone, they deceive themselves because they thought that they're something that they're not. I think my generation may really have blown it. Uh, man, maybe the generation a little bit above me, uh, when we told our kids stuff like, you can have anything, you can be anything, you can do anything you want, right? That's just not, not really true. Plus you get a trophy for showing up to soccer practice. Like, we inflated them so much. Uh, that they stepped into real life and it, it hit them like a train. Like, whoa, what just happened here, right? Got to be careful with that. The best way to get perspective on who you are as a person, perspective on what you can offer to the world, perspective on, you know, what your limits are, what your capacity is, all those things, is the best way is to serve others. It's in that place that you test all those things. You You get to try stuff out. You're like, well, I'm, I'm actually, I think I can do that pretty well. Like, oh, ah, that was a mistake. And by serving is where you kind of develop that gets you perspective in life. It, uh, you know, gets as a way of getting your eyes off your own problems even, and makes you grateful, um, for your blessings. You begin to say, okay, and I, I, I'm doing okay. Um, Serving really opens your life even to more of what God is doing or how he's working in your life or in the lives of other people. This week, 
um, Becky was, my wife Becky was cleaning out some old boxes and I'm actually a little embarrassed to say that it's, she handed me a, like a 30 year old letter note that someone had given me, uh, as a, in my early twenties, mid twenties, I was volunteering as a worship leader and choir director in a church and some very sweet lady had written a note saying how much she'd appreciated and what she'd observed about these things and how, what a blessing it was to her and, and, you know, okay, it was a stretching experience, but here's someone who was using her gifts to serve and encourage me. And in that serving, I was discovering what I could and couldn't do to be a benefit to others. Uh, it's a little embarrassing to have found a 30-year-old note, but there it is. Um, but serving gives perspective in your life. We also seek to be faithful in service because serving lets you invest worthily. And I'm hope, hoping that's a word. I did not look it up, but Microsoft Word didn't object to that word. Serving lets you invest worthily. Let me, let me read those verses to, to make the point. Um, verse 7 and on. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Serving lets you invest. You see, God uses um, the principles of the natural world to teach us truth, to illustrate truth in the spiritual realm. So in this case... You know, what you, you harvest, what you plant. I mean, it's such an obvious principle in the garden. And he's saying it should be obvious in the spiritual realm as well. Excuse me. Serving allows you to sow things into things of the spirit rather than things of the flesh. If you just feed your flesh all the time, your flesh will kind of consume your life, right? So instead of living selfishly like the guys in the Coors Light commercial, we're just sitting there doing nothing, right? You're living your life to be a blessing. And the promise is that you are planting a spiritual garden that produces an eternal crop. Some of what you do in serving others has some immediate benefit, for sure, right? It feels good to have done something. You make some new friendships. Uh, you see something accomplished yesterday, about a dozen of you were out there at the Journey to Bethlehem site, tearing the thing down and putting everything away and tidying up. And, you know, it's kind of fun. No one paid you to be out there. Uh, some of it was hard work, but it was, it was good to work together. You, you built some friendships. You kind of, kind of have some good conversations along the way and some good laughs and, and all those things. It's, it's satisfying. And, and in those, you know, settings, we, we really encourage each other by just simply getting that task finished. That's great. Um, I think even with that, God is pleased. He takes note of that. He's, he honors that. But, you know, as, as Paul says in verse seven, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A person harvests what they plant. A person reaps what they sow. And so when we're planting into the right things, we're going to harvest the right things back from our life. So that's kind of the immediate benefit, but there's this eternal benefit that comes with it, right? That's the, you know, whoever sows to the Spirit, from the Spirit reaps eternal life. 
There's, there's an eternal element to this. And when you serve others, here's the thing, guys, this is just what's so amazing. When I serve person A, I'm actually serving the Lord. You think, no, no, I just helped that person a little bit, or I just said a few things, or I just, you know, I just contributed to this project, or what. No, like when you do that, you're actually giving to the Lord. You're actually serving the Lord in that process. And the Lord is the one who will compensate you fairly on the eternal payroll. Right? So that's why we're reminded not to give up because there is a harvest coming. We're promised that. And as we like to say, when we leave this world, we take absolutely no treasure with us. However much you accumulated, you are going to leave it behind. But you can send your treasure on ahead in how you serve, how you give, how you contribute. Some of you are going to have immense eternal reward because the way you lived your life generously, I don't just mean financially, but in all ways, you lived your life generously in service to others. And the Lord notices when you're, when you do it for the Lord, there is a reward to come. And that's just awesome. So serving isn't just for the benefit of others as individuals, not just for your own kind of satisfaction. All those things are good. It's not even just for eternal rewards. That's important as well. But I would say this, that maybe the last thing I want to say is that serving builds the body of Christ. And we see that in verse 10. He says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Serving builds the body of Christ. And, you know, it's an understatement to say that the pandemic has been brutal on our, on our, just on our lives, but on our society, right? Um, certainly those of you who have experienced loss, you know it intimately of how difficult this has been. And it's been hard on schools and businesses, and it's been hard on the church when we couldn't really gather properly or we're still, you know, sometimes nervous about even being in the same room together and so on. Um, that's destructive to the to the church family or when they wouldn't let you or me visit loved ones in the hospital, right? I still can't make a pastoral visit. Like that to me is, there's a cruelty to that that the enemy has engineered. Uh, when we had to put a stop to children's ministries or kind of halt things and class groups couldn't meet and we lost connections with each other, we missed out. That was That was destructive to the body. And as the body of Christ, as the family of God, we need each other. I think we're realizing that. We desperately need each other. And our community needs healthy, thriving churches. And all of that only happens when we're serving each other. Both serving in this context of when we gather, but serving each other when we're apart as well around the, around the community. So that's why, you know, next Monday we're inviting you to team night. Teach. Equip, appreciate, motivate. And we're just going to spend an hour together um, doing those exact things. I would say come a little earlier because we're going to have appetizers and, and desserts out. We want you to enjoy that. We're going to honor a handful of standout volunteers. I know that's not why you serve. You don't serve to get a pineapple, pineapple award, but something special about getting a prickly fruit to take home with you, right? We'll have appetizers and Desserts like it's an informal evening to just say thanks to each other because your service builds up the body of Christ. For example, um, we have a couple artists in the room. I'm not going to point you guys out, but like 
I don't know if you guys noticed that today. Like, were you ministered and blessed by that piece of artwork on the, on the back? And somebody would say, well, no, it's just, it's, I, it's just what I do. Yeah, it's what you do. You're that, those people's gifts are serving the rest of us. And we're really, really grateful for that. And it speaks to you and it kind of affirms the things that God's teaching us in his word. So nicely done, Sarah and Kelly. Appreciate it. Um, Paul wants to encourage particularly those of you who are a bit weary today. Your service matters. It matters. It matters to people. It matters to God. And it matters to you and it matters to the church. It builds up the body. As you serve others, you're growing your compassion, your care for people. You're gaining a healthy perspective on what matters you're you're learning your strengths and your limits you're investing for eternal rewards you're building up the whole body as you serve and this is your church and we need you and we need each other and that's why we continue to invest our very lives in caring for one another that's why we long to be faithful in service listening know that god loves you more than you can imagine and for everything bethany church check out bethanychurchfresno.com